0: Welcome to The Golfing Mind, the podcast which looks at the game of golf in general but the mental game of golf in particular and regular listeners will know it's often about the uh, mental game or aspects of how our thinking can impact on our, on our ability to practice better uh, or to enjoy our golf more and to see consistent improvement. However, today I thought I'd talk about golf in general. And uh, and less about the mental game. But the mental game comes into this uh, discussion, uh, or the thinking uh, game comes into this a little bit. And what I wanted to sort of reflect on this week is something I'm being asked about a lot, which is Hey Robin, what do you think of the LIV or the Live Tour? Now, at first I thought it was just another. tour that was trying to compete against uh, the PJ the DP um, Corn Ferry but what it is, it's a a new tour which is attempting to in a sense reformat golf um, competition uh, possibly to make it a different spectator experience not necessarily a better uh, experience for the spectator and to do this they are throwing just a colossal, and I mean a colossal amount of money at it. Um, The rationale behind it, the purpose behind it long term, who knows I certainly don't do a crystal ball and I can't see it. So when people say to me, well what do you think about it? My my instant reflection is in all things competition is good. Uh, We have to for anyone that used an Airbnb property to sleep or stay a few days to visit family, friends, or have a vacation, you know it was, a, it was significantly cheaper than a, a hotel of equal quality, I suspect. For any of you that have used Uber or one of those phone app car hire or car taxi services, you'll notice how uh, significantly more convenient they can be than using a a regular taxi I know uh, if I got a taxi from London Heathrow to my home it would often be $150 uh, for a one hour journey yet Uber would be $60 so you look at that and you go well and what I think Live Golf Tour has become uh, by accident or maybe intentionally is a disruptor and the test of the disruptor will be if people um, buy into it, and I'm not talking specifically about the golfers, I'm talking about the fans. You know, golf is a game of tradition and heritage, and the four-round format with a cut after two rounds is the way that competitions have been run forever, Uh, well, I say forever, from certainly back in the... The nineteen thirties is when we saw that. Uh, before that, often there were just four round competitions. So, what are the principal differences between the two the two tours? Well, I think uh, quite obviously, the PGA Tour is a format we know and understand, and that format is quite simply based upon um, players going out, shooting their scores, and the uh, those who are sort of at a certain score or less whatever that's determined by the organiser, go through to the final two rounds. The LIV tour, and it's called LIV, and you probably, you may, I didn't know this, as I, lots of things I don't know until I told them. LIV are the Roman numerals for 54, um, because it's a 54-hole event, which is what we have in the senior tour. So is that good or bad? Well, you have less days to watch golf i suppose so that's bad if you're a massive golf fan the second thing they do is they have a shotgun start uh, with three players in each group so that means um that from start to finish the whole event will take four and a half hours so if you want to go and watch golf for the day you get a four and a half hour window if you go to the open championship or many tournaments they'll start playing at six in the morning and the last tee time might be two thirty or even four o'clock in the case of the Open Championship, uh, in the afternoon. So you can see 10 to 12 hours of golf. So for me, that's a plus for the current format that we see in most of the professional tours worldwide. The second thing they do, they've created this sort of team events where four players are all put together as a team and the lowest two-ball score uh, wins a prize. You know, I think that's a fine innovation. Does it make golf more attractive? Not for me personally, but if you because I think you're getting close to the idea of you know not ice hockey or you know, Mexican wrestling but they're trying to create more theater and I don 't think that's a bad thing not really I think anything that draws people to enjoy golf or to uh, engage with it uh, can only be a good thing so and then the third thing that we're seeing are these colossal prizes you know I was told someone told me the person who came. Last in the uh, first London event on the LIV tour. Now, I may be wrong, so don't write in to correct me. But the person who came last, I think, was something like 27 over par. Some, I mean, it's some hideous score over par for three rounds. So, but they got a check for $120,000. Uh, and that's got to be very attractive. Most players have a short. Career on the tour. There are the exceptions. There will always be the exceptions. The, the Tiger Woods, the Jack Nicholas's, the Arnold Palmer's. Uh, you know, you know who they are. And for between three to twenty years, there are certain names that are always, <coughs> excuse me, always there in the mix on the final day. And we want to see them. We want to see the best in the world go head to head. And I. I always find it disappointing when an unknown player, a journeyman professional, finds himself one-off the lead in the final day of the Masters of the Open or the US Open, even the US PGA. And at one point, you want them to win. At another point, you'd rather see three of the top five players in the world battle it down the last nine holes. That's just the nature of competition. When we watch boxing matches, there are these legendary fighters who we want to see them go up against the greatest challenges. So the LIMA tour I don't think creates that drama. For me at least it doesn't create that drama and nothing will ever compare with the drama of a major and even what I would call the significant tour events of which there's maybe two, the Memorial Arnold Palmer um, competition, and you have the Scottish Open which I'm a big fan of being a Scotsman so it brings us back to this question. So why would a player join uh, the LIV Tour? And the answer is very simple, uh, for a payday. And I, again, have no problem with that either. You know, I understand the PJ has to defend its position, its members, it's uh, what it stands for. And a lot of players have uh, been supported fantastically well by the PGA Tour, so to suddenly sell out for uh, a huge sum of money now uh, uh, DeChambeau has gone across the LRB tour has his Dustin Johnston. Now how much were they paid? It's all speculation. I don't know. But if I was uh, DeChambeau and someone came along to me and said I will give you $100 million if you uh, sign up to this tour what would I do? I've already got a major I've got a US Open tucked under my belt so I have that to my record I should I believe be eligible to play other uh, Open open uh, national championships, though I, I hear that you know certain they're now looking at the possibility of making LIV tour players unwelcome or finding a way not to let them play. I think that's just wrong, absolutely wrong. Um, I think they should compete against them and demonstrate they're better if they can. Will it survive? It will for a year, two years, three years, and then I think. It may evolve into something else. One thing I've seen over the years is quite a lot of people um, look at what they'll do after their golf career is over. You know, for professionals, getting a job as an analyst or a commentator is almost a dream job because they're still in the golfing world at a professional level, engaging with their peers. Uh, They are getting paid to talk about and analyze something they truly love. Uh, But what else do they do? Do they open a restaurant? Do they open a teaching academy? Once you've tasted the heights of the pro pro tour, you know, what's left? Golf course design, uh, celebrity appearances, running clinics. Yeah, these are all good things to do. Don't get me wrong. I I absolutely think it's wonderful um, to have a career in golf and to, to do something you love. But if somebody comes along and offers you a outrageous amount of money, uh, and I don't know what was offered to Tiger Woods, I hear it was the, in the high nine figures. So I've heard someone say six, seven hundred million dollars. Uh, I don't know what Phil Mickelson was paid. I heard a story that he was paid nothing because of the comments he made. Though I found that very hard to believe. Uh, sorry, not that he made the comments, but that he wasn't paid. And DeChambeau and Justin Johnson were a hundred or a hundred fifty million one or the other for that kind of money you, you, you you've tucked up your future forever you've made sure you're sorted out for the players in the pga tour who are huge hugely supportive Shane Lowry Rory McElroy, Justin Thomas uh, John Ram. and if you get a chance to hear John Ram's um interview incredibly eloquent and thoughtful and uh, very very convincing so where do I sit in all of this well, I don't have to really have an opinion other than look and wait and see. I didn't watch any of the first LIV event because I had no access to it. I'm not sure it will ever have the drama of waiting for the best player to come in on the last few holes because it's a bit like the original days of the Open Championship where they would play over three days. Uh, they'd play Friday, Saturday, with two, oh sorry, it was Thursday, Friday, two rounds on a Saturday. And uh, the leader uh, might go out in the morning, you know. Um, So there wasn't that sort of drama, in a sense, because we always hear stories of people trying to find out what was so-and-so scoring, what was the state of another person's match. So I think that the evolution of the PGA Tour has been fantastic to what we now have and enjoy today. The LIV Tour is an infant tour. You know, it's still trying to evolve. It's still trying to find its way. It's still trying to decide what it wants to be. I think what's happened is um, the Saudi sovereign fund said, "We'll give you two billion dollars or whatever you need to challenge the PJ Tour to create this global thing. Uh, we'll create a fantastic brand." So we created. I worked in television for years, and people would pitch you an idea for a TV show, and Sometimes the idea sounded great, but the execution just didn't work. And sometimes people just pitched you a bad idea. And when I was at the BBC, I was a producer. I was uh, in charge of uh, entertainment development. So my role was to, to find or create um, new programs, specifically programs which were very innovative in their thinking. And I received a lot of ideas. Now... I'll share a couple of things with you before I go. The most common proposal I got was a a show called Desert Island Movie Clips, where you invite a guest onto a show, and they will talk about their life and then pick their eight favorite scenes from movies, which impacted them, influenced them, brought them joy, and they tell the story behind why they love the clip. It's a good idea. It's, it's almost an obvious idea. It's based on a radio show from BBC called Desert Island Discs, I think, is where the thinking came from. But the cost of licensing individual clips made it in a prohibitively expensive show so it would never get made. Um, the worst idea I ever had was someone brought me an idea from a show called the Boxing and Checkers Show, Checkers is the American word for a British game called drafts. Here's the idea. Uh, two people uh, play checkers or drafts for one minute. And then after a minute, they put on boxing gloves and they box for 60 seconds. And then they go back and they play checkers and then they box. And they, it continues until one of them has lost the checkers match or has been knocked unconscious or rendered unable to continue fighting. Now, I don't know if that idea was sent in as a spoof. I genuinely don't think so because the way it was presented in the letter that accompanied it. But there were an idea. What we have in the LIV too is an idea uh, that has now been brought to life by a phenomenal amount of money. I think the meetings they had probably convinced themselves it was a great format, and if they build it, they will come. I think that yet remains to be seen to be the case. They have built it. I think they need to evolve it. I think they need to create a way of making it less theatrical and more dramatic. And I think, as always, you must put the interests of the players and the interests of the fans above profit. And if you do that, you will succeed. And where does the mental game come into all of this? I hear you ask. Well, from my perspective, the mental game comes in when it comes down to how do you think and feel when you're offered a colossal amount of money Do you say, well, I'll take the money? And for a lot of the players that are in the twilight of their career, you know, Ian Poulter, whom I'm a huge fan of, Lee Westwood, I'm a huge fan of, um, Phil Mickelson, I think he's done a lot for the game, and if nothing else, he is um, entertaining. Love him, I hate him. Um, But they're all at the end of their careers. Young people going into the LRB Tour have got to be thinking, I'm going to make as much money as I can. Their challenges if that tour disappears in two years' time, Will they get back in the PGA Tour. And I sincerely hope the PGA is magnanimous enough to say, okay, you can play your way back in. But that remains to be seen. Anyway, um, as always, it's a pleasure to have time with you. Uh, if you're serious about improving your mental game, uh, please go to seegergolf.com and find out more about the courses online. Uh, I am... Uh, in the next week going to be answering one or two questions and I'm offering a free platinum video series, which means you'll be working online uh, with the video series, but you'll also have five one-to-one sessions with me. This is not available generally to the public and it's for professionals only. But if you um, think there's something you'd like to do, just write to me, tell me why you'd like to do it. And, um, If you're lucky enough, I'll give you a go. I have space to do it between now and the end of September. After that, it will be closed. So until we meet again, have a wonderful, wonderful week. And I hope you're enjoying the golf, both on on the course, uh, in your imagination, and uh, on television. Uh, Until we meet again, all the best.